Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. There is no better of pots of flower power than forms of the shrubby potentilla. Hello and welcome to This Week in the Garden. I'm Peter Seabrook here to help with some of your gardening quandaries. Today, we'll be paying tribute to the late David Austin, the godfather of the English Rose, a man who spent 75 years breathing in search of the ultimate bloom. My guest later will be Ros Barker from David Austin Roses, and we'll be discussing David's work and the gardens uh, that are still open to the public, even in January and February. Invariably, we talk about the weather, and and goodness, January. I mean, it was dry enough last weekend for me to put the hover mower over the lawn. Uh, I've never seen grass look so lush and green at this time of the year. Now that I have mown it, there are one or two patches of moss uh, and and I'm going to give that moss a really good raking because with a bit of luck I might just pull out enough to line one or two hanging baskets come uh, April. And then I've got the green thumb people come in with Nutri-Green, the autumn wheat treatment and that of course will uh, check the moss uh, and give me a, a really good lawn next spring. So many other jobs too. I've been really busy and the garden begins to look as if somebody lives there. So what's new this week? Well, the winner of a 1.5 million contract to design and build the British Garden at Beijing Horticultural Expo 2019 is soon to be announced, says the Department for International Trade. Actually, I think they've left that a bit late. I'd be uh, pretty worried if I had uh, a 2,000 square metre garden to design and build uh, in just a matter of months. That'll be a pretty tall task for somebody and and working remotely halfway around the world is really tricky. I know to my own cost when we tried to take three gardens to Boston in the USA in uh, February when they had several foot of snow there. You know, designing an English garden all that way from home is quite tricky. Actually, the Wyvale saga continues. They've now just sold their 40th, the one in Chichester, and that's going to a property developer, so presumably another garden centre hits the dust. And this week, the RHS says, weather-tolerant planting, grow your own, and houseplants are the trend for 2019. Well, as far as I'm concerned, grow your own has always been on trend. I suppose we could say that in that really hot summer of 1976, when vegetable prices went through the roof, then 1977, grow your own was certainly on trend. But with that one exception, 
I think the number of us growing our own fruit and veg stays pretty steady through the years, and very worthwhile it is. This year, whatever happens about uh, Brexit, must be worth growing our own, because I can't see the value of the pound going up, uh, and if it goes down, then the price of uh, imported food is certainly going to go up, and it will be worth growing our own. I was interested actually to see in the DT Brown catalogue that they've got a new pot-grown strawberry that has been cold-stored and treated in such a way that when you get it, it just takes 30 days from planting to cropping. Goodness, they just keep speeding things up faster and faster. Old people like me have a real job trying to keep up. Out in the garden, the soil is really quite dry for the time of year, and where I have dug, the surface has started to dry. What old countrymen describe as hazeling. Presumably because as the top of clods starts to dry, they turn a light hazel-coloured brown. This is all good news, because if dug soil does start to dry, before rain or snow, and the weathering effect of winter, it's much better. You know, if it has dried and then it rains, it'll crumble down beautifully when we come to rake and prepare for spring sowing. I have two short rows of parsnips in the way of my veg plot digging, and so I'm going to fetch them up. I'll prepare as many as possible, just ready for cooking, and pop them in the deep freeze, and the rest will be buried along the edge of the dug plot with the root tips exposed. I mean, if you do bury them upside down once they're lifted, they do store pretty well, and if you leave the root tip showing, you'll know where you buried them. The only problem is that if it does freeze really hard, then of course you might have a job getting them out. So if the forecast goes a bit cold, make sure you've got some old sacking or a bit of straw, dry leaves, anything over where the parsnips are buried, so you can get them out. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. I'm very pleased to welcome as our interview today, Roz Barker, who's the plant centre manager at David Austin Roses at Albrighton in Shropshire. Uh, we go back quite a long way and hadn't met for too many years, really, until a couple of weeks ago at David Austin's funeral. Ros, how are things up there in uh, Shropshire today? 
quite a nice sunny day. The pruning is in full swing in the the display gardens. That must be quite a marathon. It is. It takes several weeks. Yeah. Now, uh, Ross, when we met uh, nearly a fortnight ago now at David Austin's funeral, uh, a very sad occasion, although a tremendous church full of people. I mean, he was given a wonderful send-off, wasn't he? Yes, he was. You've worked alongside him and his family for, what, ten years? Ten years, but then with my previous experiences, I've known David Jr., David Sr.'s son, obviously, um, since the early 90s. You go back a long way then. I do. Yeah. Now, what about David the man? I mean, I was interested that at the end of the funeral... They played that Morecambe and Wise yes. song, Bring Me Sunshine. Yes. <laughs> well, he did have a very good sense of humour, quite a dry sense of humour. I always enjoyed making him smile, and making him snigger a bit. <laughs> and you could do that, could you? I mean, so, I could, I could. Yeah, I mean, you have, that, you have that smile in your eyes, you know, you've got that sparkle, <laughs> so I'm not surprised that you could get him to smile. And how much of his uh, working daytime would he spend on the rose breeding um well i suppose when i came here in 2009 so he was he was in his 80s then he was still involved on a daily basis but in the last couple of years the breeding staff have gone to him rather than him go to his office in the breeding department so he was still involved and i know David Jr. would say that he was still very much involved and very much interested up until the very end almost in in the day-to-day running of the business. I mean, it is quite a remarkable achievement that, you know, the David Austin brand is now internationally renowned, isn't it? It is. And not just for garden roses. I mean, it's for fragrant cut roses too. Yes. I mean, the... uh, floral tribute on the coffin and the church was in you know early january full of his roses where did they come from well they're grown abroad so yeah part of the breeding arm of david austin roses just is devoted to cut roses because they're clearly not uh, they're selected out of the process for their straight stems whereas you know the the garden roses um need to become like um, a lovely rounded shrub. Part of the breeding process is to separate the roses into these two arms, as it were. Yeah, two clear categories. Yeah. And, I mean, that's quite unique, isn't it, for rose breeders, certainly UK rose breeders. In my own garden, I have one of David's very earliest... uh, uh, You mentioned that. Yeah, deep yellow, Graham Thomas. I mean, there's another great Rosarian. I mean... (laughs) Yeah, well, I think, um, as you heard at the funeral, Graham Thomas was immensely helpful to David Senior in the early days of his um, rose breeding career. He named one of his early successes after his um, mentor... And that's a brilliant rose. You know, I've got it trained on a fence uh, and the long, early, young growth is is trained out for at least four or five feet in both directions. Yeah. And it'll be full of those typical New English roses. Yes. Now, how much of your time would you spend in the display gardens there at Albrighton? Um, 
I'm in the on the retail side, but yes, we do. So I'm I'm selling and helping customers on a daily basis, particularly in June and July when we're at our most busiest. You know, it, we're we're packed out from um, the moment we open to the moment we shut with a large overflow cup. It's it's um, wonderful that how many people come to us. During when when the display gardens are in full spate, um, but yes, I I will take people out to show them examples of particular roses in the garden and say at this time of year to explain the the pruning process with various style, you know, with climbers, ramblers, what have you. Um, but I don't spend much time of my working day out in the gardens. It's more in the in the sales area. But if I as a visitor went even at this time of year, I could get one-to-one advice on how yes. to prune? Yes. I mean, that's an amazing opportunity. Yes, we do. We do also run pruning courses as well, although I have to say for this year, I think they're pretty much fully booked. But we, we run those in January and February whilst the pruning in the gardens with our team of gardeners are doing the the pruning. So, yes, the uh, our prunees our trainee pruners will might get um, a chance to do a little bit of pruning but as i say unfortunately they're fully booked already this year i'm not surprised be a very popular thing to do yeah and it's it's the easiest way to learn to prune is to see it done isn't it you know yeah. all, all the books in the world i'm afraid yeah. don't sort of show you the rose that you've got in your no, garden but yeah. as i was saying to one of my colleagues only this morning it's like each year when i prune the roses in my garden they're sort of like old friends and you get to know them <laughs> yeah and you think oh i did that last year and that's that's produced that shoot there all when i'll do a little bit tweaking here and there and sometimes, I don't know quite why, but some seasons I'll hit them hard and prune really hard back. Well, and, and, but, and but um, I suppose that's the beauty of the English, the David Austin English roses, is that you shouldn't ever prune them hard. Um, they are shrub roses, um, and if you think of them as a shrub that produces roses, you don't cut your other shrubs in your garden like non-rose shrubs um in general really hard back every year so the david austin english roses um perform better i.e get thicker sturdier stems if you just cut them back half to two-thirds right so not really really hard like you would do with some um, hybrid teas floribundas you must have favorites yeah. I mean, there's uh, quite <laughs> there's quite a catalogue of them, isn't there? Yeah. Um, I've got two in particular, uh, the Graham Thomas, and also I think it's Shropshire Lad, yeah. which is a pale salmon, really lovely colour. Yeah. Uh, I've got that growing on my neighbour's fence so that I can prune and see that. Yeah. But, but because they, they're better with a little space, aren't they? Oh, yes. I have Shropshire Lad in my garden. That's the first one that I ever got. Oh, really? Back in the yeah mid-90s probably um but i have quite a number now <laughs> and as i say to customers here you know you're you're describing or suggesting varieties to them and they say 
ooh, I don't know which to go for. And I will always say, well, imagine what it's like working here. How do I choose what I want in my garden? And then each year we'll produce new varieties. And I want to have those too. And so what is top of your list at present? You know, if I was to come in today and say, now then, Ros Barker, I want uh, a new English rose to uh, commemorate the late David Austin. What would you suggest? Um, Well... One of my favourites in my garden, which is relatively recent, is Desdemona. Right. What colour is that? It's a, it's white, like the palest, palest pink. But again, the charm of the roses for me is how they can change colour. They change colour between the first flush and the second flush. So the, they tend to be a deeper colour in in the second flush as the you know the the strength the sun the warmth from the sun is less in the second flush yes well when you get towards the autumn then the colors on all roses do sort of deepen don't they and strengthen yeah yeah i must watch out for desdemona then what about a pink um olivia rose austin again is a beautiful one so granddaughter of david senior oh right Um, well presumably he picked a cracker for his granddaughter yes I would imagine. Um, but both Desdemona and Olivia Rose Austin are relatively recent introductions and they, it feels like they have the potential to do more than two flushes. So, they, so they're almost flowering all the time. So, you know, potentially three flushes. So you've got even more flowers. Yeah. And now, Ros, can we just go back a bit in your horticultural experience because I think we have a common interest from your very beginning, don't we? Where did you start? (laughs) Oh, well, I started in 1980 at Sproston Garden Centre in Norwich. Which I was involved in the actual designing, you may not know. Yeah. And that was uh, um, the Banker family, wasn't it? The Uh, Gurney The Gurneys, that's right, yeah. Um, Yes, who owned... How How long were you there? Um, two and a half years, probably. I went there initially thinking it was just going to be a temporary job while I decided what I wanted to do with my life. But then I decided that I quite liked garden centres. So from there, I applied for a job at Cramphorn Garden Centres. Right. East Anglian chain of garden centres and High Street pet shop yeah i mean that's where i started work too yes yeah and we both knew the late ken ninza what a great we character did. he yes. was goodness yes. i he mean ke- ken served in iraq i think in the uh, one of the scottish regiments oh i didn't know that and then he worked in the brick fields at chelmsford when really? we still had brick making boy ken could work when he came to that nursery, I mean, he was as fit and as strong as you could imagine. Yeah. And boy, he could work. But then had such skill arranging yeah. flowers. Yes. Uh, presumably when uh, Cranbourne was sold to Wyvale, yeah. you then just made the move. Uh, yeah, I seem... I'm not quite sure why, but they decided to keep me. They might have regretted it after, but they decided to move me from Chelmsford to Hereford. Uh, I don't. I don't think they would have regretted that. I mean, Brian Evans, who was the son-in-law of, of the Wyvale rose growers, who yes. sort of founded that, 
Brian was a pretty shrewd operator, and I can't think <laughs> that he would have kept you on. But that yeah. was quite a move then, wasn't it, from Norwich, yeah. Crampon at Chelmsford and Sudbury, and then across to Hereford. Yes. At that point, I was convinced I was going to be made redundant. So being told I still had a job was great. So I didn't mind moving from um, Chelmsford to um, Hereford because it was a new, exciting chapter in my life. Um, the Hereford Wyvale Centre, of course, was the base... Was the head office. Y- yeah, but it was the base for Wyvale Roses, wasn't it? Yes, it was. But by the time I joined Wyvale, the Wyvale Nurseries and Wyvale Garden Centres were two separate businesses. Originally, um, when Harry Williamson had started Wyvale, it was all amalgamated. But by the time I arrived in 1991... Um, they were two separate businesses. Did you ever meet Harry? You know, because I showed alongside him, and he, he was one of the founders of the HTA National Gift Token Scheme. Yeah. He, he was um, very active in the trade. Yes. Yeah. I might have, but he had, by the time I arrived in Hereford in 1991, he was very much retired. Yeah. But I think, I think, I think he lived in the house at the end of the drive. Oh, really? Yeah. Yes. Yeah. You know, he, he could be a little doer, um, but, uh, yes. yeah, was a great character within the horticultural yeah. world. But his, his son, Peter, was very evident at um, Wyvel Nurseries. And Peter, of course, and I were at Rittle College together. Yes. And, and there was another character. Goodness, yes, he, he was, was a character. He, he was a wild man, he yes. was. <laughs> well, he had... A wine bar in Hereford that was... Did he? I didn't the, know that. <laughs> the place to go at um, that time. And then he had an island off Milford Haven. Did you know about that? I knew a little bit about that. I never yes. got to go there. No, I, d- I, I never went there. I've, I've been past it on an Irish ferry recently. So the island is still there. Like an old Victorian fort. <laughs> And that used to be a party place, apparently. Uh, well, I could imagine that Peter was a great one for parties. Yeah. Yes. So, Ros, what about the, the next few months at uh, David Austin Roses? You say you're pruning, so you're all getting ready for another great yeah. season? Yes. Well, for us in the plant centre, it's the season of trade shows, spring fair, what have you. So we're buying our shop dock for the, for the season ahead. We stock a range of, we call them companion plants, so shrubs, herbaceous perennials, clematis, that go well with roses, with our roses. Because there's an enormous standing area, isn't there, alongside the car park? I noticed that uh, when I was yes. there a fortnight ago. I mean, is that going to be full of container that, stuff? That's just, those are the stock beds for the plant centre roses, the roses that we will sell here at the plant centre, so they're sort of separated off from the rest of the nursery and all the wholesale is because obviously David Austin Roses sells to a vast number of UK uh, garden centres so so we, the plant centre here, have our own dedicated stock beds. And I noticed that there were yellow sodium lamps shining in the greenhouses. Yeah, Uh, those are our Chelsea, in the Chelsea houses. So, you know, the roses being brought on for our Chelsea flower show. Goodness, you're already starting with that now. Yes. Ros, 
I look forward to seeing some of them at Chelsea and <laughs> you too in oh, high in high yeah. summer. Musk. Unfortunately, us here at the Plant Centre, we're too busy at that time of year to to be on the stand at Chelsea. But um, other people, other staff from the company get to go. Well, I must come and see you on your home grounds. All right, then. In, in July. Yeah, yeah. June. Yes, end of June, early July. Yeah. Ros, thanks for joining us today. Great to remember the late David Austin. What a man. Yes, we, he was. We, we were fortunate to know him. I read that uh, at Bent's Garden and Home Centre near Warrington, uh, an independent company has undertaken customer research and had some uh, very positive results. I like good news. I suppose startling bad news headlines attract attention and I think we don't get enough good news. But apparently this customer research found that at Bent's everyone is welcome and everyone is welcoming. The friendliness, the courtesy, the smiles and the spirit was also widely acknowledged. Uh, Upper Bent's they're celebrating their fifth anniversary of their Be Inspired Privilege Club. So there you are. If you're anywhere up near Bent's at Warrington, pop in and be inspired and apparently get very good service. It's a great family business, so I'm pleased to recommend it. Thanks again to Sutton Seeds of Torquay, sponsors of this podcast. And thanks to you for listening. Enjoy your garden. We'll be back next Thursday. Discover more at sungardening.co.uk Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Mm.